0: Welcome to the Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras podcast. I'm Ben Collins. This podcast takes an entertaining and informative look at some of the inspiring and humorous stories of India's Vedic tradition, followed by recordings of Vedic and other mantras being chanted by traditional Brahmin priests. Show notes and other materials can be found at puja.net, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T. Thanks for joining us. This week we continue with our series on Shiva, and today we're going to talk about Shiva and water. We'll start with the descent of the river Ganga to Earth, followed by a quick story about water, and an explanation of the importance of the seven holy rivers of India and their role in the religious rituals known as pujas and yagyas. These days we think of the river Ganga, or Ganges, as a huge, peaceful, meandering river that flows down from the Himalayas, across northern India to the Bay of Bengal. But it wasn't always that way, and one of the most interesting versions of this story involves a king named Sagara. Back in those days life was a little different and he somehow managed to father 60,000 sons. King Sagara was sponsoring a huge important yagya that involves a horse called Ashwameda Yagya, and somehow the horse got away and King Sagara's Sons, who were actually not all that bright and more than a little rowdy, went off to search for it and falsely blamed a rishi named Kapila for stealing it. But you don't mess with these rishis because not only did they have great spiritual power, but also rather quick temper as well. Kapila's spiritual power reduced all 60,000 sons of Sagara to ashes just as Shiva did to Kama, the god of love, in our last podcast. Well, the purification of water is necessary for the souls after death, and these souls were wandering around for generations until one of their descendants, King Bhagirath, performed penance with long meditations, pujas, and prayers. And finally the gods came and asked him what he wanted, and he asked for the descent of Ganga to earth and the lower regions so that his sons could find peace. Uh, the goddess, Ganga, liked living in heaven, and she made her self well known that she had no intentions of leaving at all. And even with all the gods begging her, she refused, and she finally warned them that if they pushed her, uh, she would destroy the earth with her power. Well, the minor gods were stumped, and they suggest to Bhagirath to go to talk to Shiva who as Lord of Destruction was the only one powerful enough to uh, prevent the goddess Ganga from destroying the earth. But he wouldn't see the king. Instead, Bhagirath went to Parvati, Shiva's wife, and explained the situation to her. And She had a few words with her husband and Shiva was convinced and agreed to catch the tempestuous Ganga in his hair and soften her impact on the earth. So, the 60,000 sons of Sagara were freed, and the earth became fertile with the river Ganga. So, it's since then that the river Ganga flows through Shiva's hair and it caresses the earth gently, providing spiritual and material sustenance for people along her banks. And as a side note, it's sort of amusing that there are stories that say that Parvati is rather jealous of Ganga because Ganga is always caressing Shiva as she flows through his hair. And it's interesting to note that in a yajna or formal puja performance there's always a pot of water, usually with some mango leaves and a coconut on top. This pot is called a kalash pot and in the Vedic tradition the divine presence can be invoked in five substances. First, the priest's body, the darba or kusa grass, water in a kalash pot, a murti or statue of a deity, and a yantra diagram. In the yagya or puja, the priests begin with Ganesh puja, always, and follow that with a puja to invoke the deity in the water pot. So first, they honor the seven holy rivers of India, the Ganga, Narmada, Kaveri, Saraswati, Godavari, Sindhu, and Yamuna rivers. Then they invoke the Lord of Water and Oceans, Varuna, to come and bless the water, thus converting it into Ganga water. And only after that is the water sufficiently purified so that the main deity of the Yajna or Puja can be invoked. Abhishekam is a religious purification ritual that takes place after a homam is completed, deities like shiva are always hot because he's so busy destroying everything that needs to be destroyed so the tradition is to pour cool liquids like milk and yogurt and sandalwood over him in the form of the shiva lingam and if you are ever in india you can see abhishekam taking place in temples all the time and if you are able to arrange for a large scale a private yajna called a homam or fire yajna to have that performed for you you can ask the priests to do abhishekam on you and the priests will take the contents of the water pot or water pots that are used in the puja afterwards and pour it over your head and it is an absolutely amazing experience of spiritual pure purity uh, you'll feel completely cleansed and renewed and it's uh not only is it memorable, but it leaves no doubt about the effectiveness of mantras and the purity and power of sacred water. A long time ago, there was a tradition for renunciates to perform a rather strenuous ritual, called Shai Tiradanam, which consisted of a pilgrimage from Kasi, known as Banaras, which is Shiva's city in the northeast of India, to Rameshwaram, site of a famous Shiva temple, and back and the idea was to carry water from the Ganges and Varanasi to Rameshwaram in order to perform Abhishekam for Shiva there. Then the pilgrim would walk back to Kashi carrying soil from Rameshwaram to be deposited in Kashi. This journey was over 2,000 kilometers each way. Now the sadhu or wandering mendicant would carry the water in their traditional water pot called a kavadi. One day, a pilgrim named Ekanath was getting close to Ramesh on his pilgrimage, but it was summertime and the hot sun was beating down on the sand and burning his feet and making everybody pretty miserable. But there were only five more miles to go before he could reach his goal in Ramesh room. As he's walking along, he sees a donkey who's fainted on the sand and it's Lying on its side, his tongue hanging out, completely parched due to thirst. Ekonath feels pity on seeing the plight of the donkey, and he takes the water he'd been carrying in his kavadi, and offers it to the donkey, who soon recovers and eventually wanders off. The other pilgrims who had come with him get angry and yell at him, saying, You nuts! You've offered the holy water of the Ganges that was meant for Abhishekam to Lord Shiva to a worthless common donkey? Get out of here, you're a fool! Akanath replied that the Lord Shiva, whom I honor and adore, has come to me in the form of a donkey, five miles before our destination, and has graciously accepted the water I've bought for him. That's the way I see it. And that thought, that gesture, and the ability to see and honor divinity in any form is true spirituality. So now we're first going to hear a Ganga Stotram, uh, a melodic hymn that tells the story of Ganga and her descent to, to earth to take the form of the Ganga River. And then we will hear Mulav Ganga slocum. Now, a is a song or a verse that's written according to certain grammatical rules. And in this case, it's sung by two giants of South Indian spiritual or Carnatic music, Semanguri Srinivasa Ayur and MS Subalakshmi. And it's difficult for me to describe just how famous these two individuals are in their field. They're absolutely giants. Saman Guri was quite old when this was recorded, my guess is, well into his 80s. And MS Subha Lakshmi uh, seems to be quite young, judging from her voice, although she died a few years ago, uh, well into her 80s. The recording quality is not all that great because it's quite old, but if you stick with it for a minute, when you hear Subha Lakshmi's voice, you will understand the charm and why I'm including it here. This is genuinely traditional South Indian spiritual music, oftentimes called Carnatic music. Hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: bhaja vishvanatham
2: vachama gocaram
1: anekagunasvarupam vagishavishva sura sevitam madapitam
2: vame
1: varanasi Băce, višpanata și tamšu show bite, a vishvanatham
2: tejo
1: mayam saguna nirguna martiteyam ananda kandam aprajitam prameyam nagatmakam sakala nishkala atmarupam varanasi Rāgāti doshara hitam svajanānurāgam Vairāgya shānti nilayam kirijāsahāyam
2: Madhurya
1: dhairya shubhagam karalābhirāmam Vārāna si purapadim ghaja hari hṛtya parasya ādaya Vajra Vishmanata Vajra Nasi Purapad Vajra
2: Oh dumb. Oh, <laughs> I don't know she was, she was, she I do, I do I her, my God.